another episode of yelling about star trek my name is christian fox and this is a show where i yell at you about all things star trek for your amusement so i'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise today i want to talk about my other favorite shows curb your enthusiasm and explain why i think it's actually the anti-trek and why i love it for that but before I get into all of that, and before I get into the whole Space Pajamas shiny boots bit, I want to give a bit of an update about what is going on in my life. And I don't mean it in like, oh, something horrible is going on. No, this is all really cool stuff. First, I want to talk about another show that I'm part of, and that is Trekking with the Fam. And I co-host with Mark Sickle, and he was on this very show a few months ago talking about the Star Trek family and we had a great conversation about Star Trek Picard and our hopes and dreams for season three. So we've done a number of episodes. They've all gone really well. But the most recent episode, which is live right now by the time you're listening to this podcast, we got to speak to Dr. Flox himself. Well, not actually Dr. Flox. We got to speak to John Billingsley, who played Dr. Fox. And that experience was surreal it was such a great conversation. Uh, Mark was fantastic kind of hosting us and really moderating that discussion. Felicia, my other co-host, she was great. She had some really interesting questions and she even brought up leverage, which I think Dr. Flox or rather John Billingsley was super excited about. So I think it was great to have her on that. And she's been great to work with over the, the past few episodes. So I just, I had, I had the time of my life. So I just wanted to share that. If you like my show, please check out Trekking with the Fam because we have a lot of great discussions. Going back to John for a second, he is actually really, really passionate about helping out in his community. And so he's part of an organization called the Hollywood Food Coalition, where basically they try to give food to the homeless and to people that don't necessarily eat. And their whole big thing is we want to provide people with at least one good meal a day, because if you can get one good meal a day, you can do all right. Obviously, you should have all three, but they were really like, you know what, we just have to make sure we can get one good meal a day for, for people that, that can't always eat. So I think it's such a worthy cause. And he was also talking about this thing that he was doing called Trek Talks, which is a Star Trek telethon. And that event went really well. It was uh, actually happened in January and it was very successful. They raised a lot of money and it's a really cool event because it really just brings together other Trek stars and they have panels and they answer questions and they have really great discussions. So he's doing a second one, Trek's Talk 2, which will be happening sometime in January. I'm not sure of the exact date, but I just wanted to share that because I know he's excited and he really wants to get the Trek community engaged to make this year's event or rather next year's event even better than this year. So I just want to encourage everyone to go check that out. Get hyped. Stay tuned. I'll try to have more information for you as I get it. So that was the one big exciting thing. The second thing that's really exciting right now is that I am recording this on Saturday, August 20th. In two days, I'm going to be going to Las Vegas because it's me. I'm not just going to go to Vegas to go to casinos, which I might do. I'm not a big gambler, but I'm definitely going to be walking around a casino or various casinos with my blazer and do that whole thing. I just, I love that idea, but no, I'm not going there for the casinos. I'm going there for the Star Trek convention. And I am, 
I am so excited. I think it's going to be glorious, as Worf would say. I think this is going to be an amazing time. I'm really looking forward to it. And the reason I bring this up is because I plan to have a bunch of content live from the convention center, or at least as live as possible. As you know, I have my YouTube channel, also called Yelling About Star Trek. So on that channel, I'm going to be doing vlogs. I'm going to be trying to walk the show floor, sharing my experiences about what it's actually like to be at the convention. I'm hoping I can try and interview cosplayers because I think I'm going to see some really incredible costumes that are just really well thought out and well put together because, you know, we're such a passionate fan base. I'm not a cosplay guy myself. Not that I'm against it. It's just, I don't think I have the creativity to do a hardcore cosplay. Although I do have this plan maybe one year in the future to go to a convention as the punk on a bus, because I'm obsessed with that character. As you know, I'm obsessed with that movie. So I think it'd be really fun just to go like him So, you know, that could happen down the road, but I really just want to be able to sit down and have conversations with fans who are super passionate and really understand how they came to, not necessarily how they came to cosplay, but whatever outfit they're wearing, I want to know what's the story behind it. Why do they identify with that character? What made them choose a specific design? So I'm really hoping I can do that. I have heard there are some constraints when it comes to going to a convention. I don't know how Bali's is going to be about, okay, maybe you can't film. Maybe they don't want vloggers and YouTubers there. I'm hoping I can, I can do that. So that'll be happening on my main channel, the yelling about Star Trek. And I also want to do podcasts. I'm going to try and do a live podcast, ideally from the convention center, if I can, a live podcast for this show if I can't, I'll probably try and do it in my room, but I'll just basically talk about what it's been like and and my experiences being at the show as a fan and as someone who's never, ever been to a Trek convention before, which is crazy because I love Star Trek, but I've only ever been to Fan Expo and Fan Expo is great, but it's not dedicated to Trek. So this is the first time I'm able to go to one. We don't have a lot of Trek conventions in Canada. I'm not even sure if we have any, to be to be frank. But now I'm in a situation where I can travel. I was able to take time off of work. So this will be my first time. And I really want to be able to just share that experience. I'm going to connect with Mark, uh, who I mentioned, who's trekking with the fam. He's going to be there with his wife, Lisa. So we're going to connect. Mark and I are going to try and do a show, hopefully live again at the convention center. If not, we're going to do it offsite, but we're going to record an episode of that show. And then the other podcast I'm part of, the big sci-fi podcast, which I've talked about before, which is great. It, I'm, you know, I get to hang out with my friends, Brian, Adina, and Steven, and we get to talk about all things sci-fi. Of course, we do get back to Star Trek quite a bit because we're all really big Trekkies. They're not going to be at the convention, but I'm going to try and touch base with them and do a live segment And I think we're actually going to even try and do an episode live. So stay tuned for all of that. I think it's going to be amazing. I just want to share all this because I'm excited and I want to get you guys hyped and I want to be able to check out what's going on because you know what? I talk about this at work, but no one at work really cares that I'm going to Vegas. There's maybe a couple of people who are Trekkies, but they're like, "Ah, okay, have fun. So this is my chance to really just be like, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to the Star Trek convention. And it's just like, what? I'm, uh, I'm freaking out. I've got two days. I got to get packing done, which I'm, I've already started. I think I've sorted out most of the tech issues, not tech issues, but figuring out what tech I'm going to take. I, I brought some new tech or bought some new tech. 
that uh, I'm excited about. But of course, I've got to make sure I've got space. I've got this really giant backpack. I've heard about the luggage shenanigans going on right now in the airport. So I'm going to really make sure that I have most of my stuff in one bag so I can just take it on the plane. Uh, I don't know why I'm going on about packing on a podcast, but I got to get that done. So I'm just, uh, I'm in cloud nine right now. So it's just like, what a week. I mean, like John Billingsley and the Star Trek convention within two weeks of each other. This is crazy. So I'm just like, I'm giddy. I'm excited. And uh, things are going so well. So I just wanted to share that. Stay tuned. I'll have updates. Uh, hopefully an episode coming out next week for the podcast. And then I'll have videos out next week throughout the week on my YouTube channel. I'm hoping to have one up Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to try and do some blogging when I land. And obviously I'll relay that back to Trek and try and re- restart my Trek rant and walks where I just walk around a place and rant about Star Trek because it's what I do. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. That's all coming up. And that was a lot of talking about what is going on. So now I want to shift gears and talk about one of my favorite people in the world, Larry David. But now this is a time where you can get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiny spare boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver and brace for impact because things are going to get nerdy and possibly a little contentious because that is what Curb Your Enthusiasm is all about. So now let's get into Curb Your Enthusiasm and Star Trek and why I think it's the anti-Trek. Curb Your Enthusiasm really has nothing to do with Star Trek. I love it though. I generally don't like needless conflict. I do enjoy some conflict here and there and I like it in Star Trek where there is conflict between characters or they'll they'll get into conflict with other species like the Dominion, the Borg, but it's not needless. It's not like every second is people getting into fights. I normally don't like that, but I love that about Kerr because just every single thing leads to a fight. And that is the first reason that I think it is the anti-Trek. And that is the lack of communication skills. If you watch Star Trek, a lot of stuff can get resolved because characters know how to communicate with each other. It might be Picard communicating with the Romulans. There's that one great example where Picard is saying to the Romulan, he's like, I'm going to lower my shields and you could destroy me if you want to. You may be successful. You probably will destroy the Enterprise. You might start a war, but I am going to lower my shields as an act of faith to prove to you that I really want to resolve this peacefully. And the Romulan guy is kind of perplexed, and Picard says to Worf, lower shields. Worf, of course, is, uh, Worf, of course, it rhymes. Worf is like, no, no, we can't do that. Are you sure? And then Picard's like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. They do it, and they resolve the situation they're able to continue on on their merry way without having started a war. Now, it's not always the case. Like I've been rewatching DS9 a lot, and Cisco basically starts a war with the Dominion by having a not great conversation with Bayoon. But that situation was different. That needed to happen for them to actually get to a point where they could defeat the Dominion because of of plot stuff, which we don't need to get into. But generally speaking, characters are able to resolve their conflicts through conversation. And yes, obviously, there's quite a lot of technobabble and science that gets thrown in and creative solutions. But but yeah, a lot of times characters can resolve conflict through conversation. I always talk about the Worf and Data scene where 
Data is like, hey, Worf, you're not being a satisfactory a first officer. You keep objecting to my my suggestions, and you should not call me out that way. And then Worf is like, oh, I I didn't realize that. I, I always acted that way when I was with Worf. And then Data rem- reminds him that, oh, you were the chief of security then. This is different. They have a conversation. They hug it out. And they're like, all right, we'll 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 work through it. They're still friends. And you can see that Data is really trying to make an effort to be more accommodating to Worf. And Worf is making an effort to bite his tongue and to not look irritated when Data does something that Worf doesn't agree with. And that's a really great resolution because it's two people having a conversation and being honest with each other and really trying to understand where the other party is coming from. And that's what I love about Trek is that people can have those discussions and resolve it. That does not happen on Kirby Enthusiasm. 90% of the show is Larry's talking to someone or is interacting with someone and something happens, sometimes not because of what he did, other times it is absolutely his fault. But regardless of whose fault it is, Larry will often escalate things by just not accepting where the other person's coming from and saying, yeah, but I don't understand why you did this. Okay, for example, there's one that comes to mind where there's a lady and her dog is, you know, doing his business on his lawn and she doesn't bring a bag or wasn't bringing a bag because she'd done this multiple times. And so Larry starts a fight with her and she gets angry and really sad. And that leads to another problem later in the episode. But Larry didn't take a nice approach and didn't say, hey, look, I understand you're probably going through a lot or whatever, but you need to, you know, maybe try to like not have your dog go on my lawn or at least pick it up when you're done. There's a much better way of approaching it than Larry just yelling at her. And one of my favorite lines is when she's like, stop yelling at me. And he's like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling for society. And I mean, I love that idea, yelling for society, where he feels like he's taking on fights that he's sort of doing for everyone to try to stop people like her who are, I don't want to say she's problematic, but there are times where behaviors like that shouldn't necessarily go unchecked. So he feels like he's doing a service in that sense, but he escalates the situation by just attacking her. Another example is when he's at an ice cream shop and there's a lady in front of him who is sampling every single thing. And she samples like 15 different types of ice cream, then she ends up settling on vanilla. So of course, Larry is being Larry and full on attacks her about it and says, you realize you're abusing your sampling privileges. Come on, just make a choice. What are you doing? And he's very confrontational with her and he doesn't think anything of it. She kind of walks away in a huff. And then later in the episode, Larry realizes that, oh, she's actually the, I think the headmaster of a private school that he's trying to get. There's a family that stays with him in season six. They're called the Blacks. So they have kids. And so he's trying to get them into that private school, but he doesn't realize that it's her. And so, of course, he has to rectify that. Again, this is another situation where Larry's actually right. She shouldn't be abusing her sampling privileges, but Larry takes the absolute worst course of action and worst approach that he possibly could have. He could have approached it in a much more thoughtful and understanding way than when he did. So when you look at all of those confrontations, you see that it really is the opposite of what Star Trek is trying to say. Star Trek says, hey, if we just sit around a table with room temperature water, we can have a pretty good discussion and really try to get things resolved. Whereas on Curb, it's not really saying that that's how you should behave, 
But Larry's attitude is, hey, no, I'm going to say what I feel because people are dumb and people don't always behave the way they should. There's certain rules in society that we should follow. And when people aren't following that, I'm going to take it out on them and I'm going to confront them for it. And that is not the way we should behave. But yet, I love it. I think it's hysterical. And I think it is so much fun to watch, especially since it is all improv that it feels kind of real. Like, wait, is this real? Is this really happening? Should we not be laughing at this? So I think it's hysterical, but it's really fun when you compare it to Trek because it really is the anti-Trek in the sense that Trek is all about communication and working through problems, and Curb is all about just confronting people and not giving a a good gosh darn of, of how they're feeling. So I, I, I love that aspect of it. And the other reason that I think Curb is the anti-Star Trek is because nobody in the show grows, especially Larry. One of the things I love about Trek and that I think is really interesting, and what I love about a lot of other shows, but I think it's especially prevalent in Trek, is this idea that we should not only change as time passes, but we should really work on ourselves. We should work to better ourselves. We should try to evolve. And you see that all the time in characters, people like Data, who just really wants to evolve and learn what it means to be human and go beyond his original programming you get people like the doctor, which is very similar to Data in that, hey, he's an emergency medical hologram, but he wants to be able to grow beyond that and to become self-actualized and to essentially grow a soul or or get a soul. I, I don't know if that's the right way of explaining it, but he really wants to go beyond just being like a tool, but to a fully real person that's self-actualized and I think he's one of the best characters in Voyager. In fact, he's one of the best characters in Trek, and the Doctor will always be my favorite Doctor. So I love him for that. But those aren't the only examples. I mean, almost every character, for the most part, really tries to grow and go beyond what they were at the beginning. So when you take something like even TNG, which I think overall I don't love the lack of growth in the characters, But even with all of that, when you look at a character in TNG, you can see that, say, for example, Captain Picard in season one, episode one, is very different than he is in the last episode of the series, which is season seven. Then you go even further, you look at the movies, like, when he was different in those movies than he was in the series. And then when you get to the series Picard, which I don't necessarily always love what they did with him, he is vastly different than the person he was in the first episode of, of um, why am I blanking on the show that I talk about all the time, TNG? You get that with him, but you get that with so many other characters. And then you go to the extreme and you get something like DS9 where everybody has an arc. You get people like Nog who aren't even main characters and he has a huge arc. You get people like Odo who has a huge arc. Captain Sisko has a really big arc. Kira, Worf, Dax, everybody. Basically, everybody has a character arc and everybody grows. So when you look at that character from episode one, you compare them to the last episode of the series, they are vastly different. And I think that's what makes Star Trek so great because Star Trek says not only do we change, but we should be able to change for the better and really learn to improve ourselves and better ourselves and and grow as an individual. Kirby, on the other hand, doesn't believe that all the characters are static. For example, if you look at Larry David, who is the main character of the show, you look at Larry 
in episode one, season one, and you compare him to Larry, episode 10, season 12, which is the last episode of the series, he's the same person. And it's not even like only 12 years has passed. What's crazy is that the first episode of Kirby Enthusiasm aired in, I want to say early 2000, like actually 1999 to 2000, um, around that time. So over 20 years ago, and then when you look at the most recent season, which came out uh, this spring, he's the same person, even though 22 years have passed. And it's it's crazy how little he's changed. And when you look at the other characters around him, they're all the same. They're all in the same position. You look at his manager, Jeff, he's basically the same character. You look at Jeff's wife, Susie, same character, Cheryl, everybody is the same. And not only are they the same, but they seem to forget that Larry's Larry. Every time they invite Larry to a dinner party, they forget that Larry's going to be Larry. And it's like, wait, do you not remember the other 10 times you invited him to a dinner party and he's caused a fight or something awful has happened because Larry was there? Like, why do you not remember that? And Larry does nothing to improve himself. He has maybe very few moments of self-realization and understanding about like, okay, maybe he should change his ways. Like there's one episode in, I want to say season five, when he's doing the whole kidney thing for Lewis, where Lewis needs a kidney. And he, at one point in this, in the series, he thinks he, or not the series, but that season, he thinks he's adopted, which is like the other plot point aside from the kidney. And so he goes to what he thinks are his birth parents. He meets them and they're Catholic and he goes to a church and he has this moment where he's like, oh my gosh, I could really be helping people. I could change my attitude and my behavior. He's all like, I need to be a better person. And so he flies back home, gives Lewis his kidney. And then as they're going into the operation or operator uh, operating room, that's what you call it, right? Operating room. He finds out that, oh, he's actually not adopted. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't give my kidney away and goes right back to being regular Larry David. So Larry, throughout the series, has maybe only one or two moments where he's like, oh, I need to change my behavior. Maybe the way I've been behaving all this time hasn't actually helped anything. For me, it's part of the charm. It's hysterical that you can get a character from 2000 and see that same character in 2022, and it'd be the same character. And that's where a lot of the humor comes from, because Larry never learns, so he never, ever learns that maybe he shouldn't confront people the way he confronts them, and maybe he should act differently. And again, that's part of the charm. And I think that's why Curb works so much. But it's just so interesting when you compare Curb to Star Trek, which are two shows that probably should not be compared. I just love things. And when I love something, I'm like, I want to compare it to something else that I love, even if they're not in the same, not universe, but like the same ballpark. Like they're two completely different shows about very different things. But when you look at Trek and you look at Curb, you can see that Trek is all about evolving and growing past your limitations. Like even you look at, um, I forgot to talk about before, but the fact that before didn't really even desire to go beyond his programming was, was a big storyline. And Star Trek is all about, you have to evolve, you have to grow and change, hopefully for the better. And then the final reason that I think Curb is the anti-Trek is that Larry is not open to new ideas. Star Trek is fundamentally about exploration and meeting new cultures, meeting new people, and embracing new ideas. They don't always do that. 
It's like even Dr. Phlox gives Archer some uh, some grief for not really embracing the new ideas. And like when when I think it's the first episode when he's like, oh, my uh, eel can uh, heal your wound and Phlox or not Phlox, but Archer's like, I don't know. He's like, hey, well, you're here to explore, right? Embrace new ideas. You need to do that. So it doesn't always happen, but it does happen a lot. And the whole premise is we have to we have to learn new things. We have to meet new people, new civilizations. They say it in uh, the intro for TOS and TNG, and that is the very foundation of Trek. But when you look at Kerb, Larry is not open to new ideas. He doesn't want to do new things. He very much just wants to stay at home, go and play golf, and go and have dinner parties. And if he doesn't like someone's point of view or doesn't feel comfortable with what they're saying, he'll call them out on it and doesn't try to open his his mind to new things because he's very set in his ways. And it's just funny to see someone like Larry on Curb who is trying to deal with other cultures but but isn't having that much success because he's not really open to different ideas. So this one isn't as long. There's not as much I can say about that. But I think it's it's fascinating. Again, when you look at the two two shows, it's like one is all about exploration and meeting new civilizations and just being open to new points of view and new ideas, but Curb is not. So I think when you look at those three things, you look at the lack of communication skills, the lack of growth, and the unwillingness to be open to new ideas, Curb Your Enthusiasm really does become the anti-Trek. Of course, this is a completely random idea and topic because I am comparing two things that probably have no business to be compared to, but I thought it'd be a fun thought experiment because I love both of those things. So I'd be curious to to hear your thoughts on it. Do you agree with me? Do you think I'm wrong? Is there something else you'd like me to compare Star Trek to that is completely different, but you think might be interesting? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And also let me know what you like and what you don't like about this podcast, because ultimately my goal is to make a show that you enjoy listening to and watching. In the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there. That away.